0: Uh, good, good morning. Um, today's passage, two verses. Um, so it's Mark 1 12 and 13. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was, he was in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. Uh, I'll just pray for math. Yeah, Lord, we thank you uh, for your word. Uh, we thank you that it's alive, it's real. Is truth Lord um, we thank you for coming down to this earth for, for uh, yeah living the life being tempted um, for dying for our sins Lord um, we thank you for for that cost uh, we just pray for math as he comes up um, we thank you for the word that you've given him this morning we pray that you prepare our hearts that we pray that you give us a new heart and a new spirit uh, this morning through your word amen <clears throat>
1: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I've uh, I want to start off by saying I've struggled this week uh, with this element of God's testing and the devil's temptation. Uh, for some of us, if we're doing the Bible in a year, we're reading through the, the book of Job right now. And 20 years on, I'm, I've read this many times, and I still don't fully get it. Anyone with me? Yeah? And there's just that element of, even yesterday I was reading about how uh, some people in the Roman Catholic Church wanted to change the Lord's Prayer, where, it said, where Jesus said, lead us not into temptation. They're like, oh, we, well, that's not true because of what James said, so they wanted to take that bit out. So if we're honest as Christians, when we read the Bible and when we look at our lives, we struggle sometimes, don't we? We struggle knowing, like, is this God's will? Like, is this his will for my life? Is this a result of my sin or just human sin? or someone has sinned against us, it's, it's not easy, is it? It's kind of complicated, and 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 we need to hold our hands up to that, and I think we need to wrestle with that as well, and continually wrestle uh, with that. I don't know about you, but I have many questions that I think that when I meet uh, Jesus, I want to ask him, but I'm sure when I get there, I'll forget it all. <laughs> but there's those elements, isn't it? like we're kind of wrestling through things, like and, and how does this make sense, and and why does this happen? Or is this part of your plan, Lord? Or or is this just kind of something that is come upon from myself? And so so I come in here still, even this morning, kind of struggling to kind of get fully grounded with this. Uh, but just want to share that with you. And I think it's just healthy that we wrestle things together, isn't it? That we re- wrestle these things uh, together. And it's just two verses. Uh, today from Mark's gospel and as we're looking through Mark's gospel you realize he's like a bullet po- he's a bullet point guy he just gives you a little bit bu- bullet point and then goes on to the next thing but the other gospels then they expand the story a bit more he just loves this fast pace of just kind of giving you snippets but the other gospels help us so the verses that Simon writes says at once the spirit sent him to Jesus into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by Satan or the devil. And he was with the wild animals and angels attended him. And it starts off there, say, at once the spirit. Uh, and last week we read this, is, this comes after just as Jesus had been baptized. And, and so heaven split open. Like John the Baptist heard the father Say, this is my son whom I'm well pleased with. So the spirit descend on Jesus in the form of a man like a dove. And Jesus is baptized like his ministry starts. And you think, like, that's, that's incredible, isn't it? An amazing scenario, an amazing situation. And like when we have baptisms here, we celebrate, the way we? We applaud, we clap, someone brings a cake, we love cake. And so there's a celebration. People invite friends. And so the after party of a baptism for us is a celebration, isn't it? It's to celebrate. But Jesus, his after party, was going into the wilderness. Like his after party, he got baptized. He had that amazing experience. And then he is led by the Spirit. Luke's account says he is full of the Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit then leads him into the desert. So you've got this incredible experience. The Holy Spirit is filled. And last week we prayed, didn't we, for a refill of the Holy Spirit. We didn't get to this point, did we? Because we thought, oh. But he, the Holy Spirit then leads Jesus into a desert place, into a wilderness, into a hard place. And it's just for us to realize as Christians, when we have a spiritual high, like be prepared that the enemy might see that and you, want, you might want to cripple you straight away. If you're having a a spiritual high or an an, an amazing moment with the Lord, be aware, because the enemy might want to try and take the legs from beneath you to to take that away, straight away. And as as I said, we're wrestling with things. Is it God's will? Is this his testing? Is this the devil's tempting? But we can say for sure, with Jesus, right now, in this moment, in this place, it was God's absolute will for him to be in the desert. The Holy Spirit came on him, filled him, and the Spirit led him into the wilderness. This was definitely the Lord's will for him to be in the desert. This was God's divine plan for him. Almost for him not to go in the desert would have been disobedient. Like for him to like say, "Oh, actually, I don't want to spend forty days in the desert." For him to 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 disagree with that, to not go along with that, would have been disobedient. So this was definitely uh, God's plan. But for us, like I said, it's a bit more complicated. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not always obedient to the Lord. Or the Holy Spirit might be prompting me or saying this, but I'm not always obedient to him. So we might find ourselves in testing situations. And it might be the result of, of our sin, something that we've done. It could be the result of someone else's sin and what they've maybe done to you. Or it could be the result of being in a sinful, broken, fallen world. Uh, I read this quote this week. It says, in the Bible, temptation is an enticement to act in disobedience to God's will. Its sources are the the world, the flesh, and the devil. A test is a situation that God sends or allows in our life with the intention of revealing our loyalties, motivations, character, and commitment to him and helping to purify, strengthen, and mature us. If successfully passed, a test also glorifies God. Tests and temptations occur throughout our lives and are important parts of the process of maturing spiritually. It then says in Mark that he was in the wilderness for 40 days. 40 days, and we and the other accounts talk about how he didn't eat or drink anything for 40 days in the wilderness by himself. We we read about wild animals, they know, like just kind of like pets, like this was showing like this was a dangerous place. And this element of, of 40 days, and I felt maybe for someone here, um, or maybe more than one. Like you've been in a you're you're in a desert place now and you've been praying to get out of it, but you're still there. You're in a desert place, you've been praying to get out of it. You feel, Lord, if I'm out of this, surely I'll be better for you. Surely things will be greater. Surely me and you will be in a better place. But you're still there. And like I said, it's difficult to know if this is God's will, if if this is part of his testing or if it's a result of sin or or human sin, you'd need to speak to people about that and and maybe myself as well. But right now it's just acknowledging that you're in a desert place, like you are in a desert place. Uh, and, and, And even if you are in the desert place because of the result of your sin, like God hasn't finished with you. There's sometimes where I've, where I've sinned that I know I have, and there's consequences to that, isn't it? And the result is bad, and I feel like I'm in a desert, wild place. And I and so I I acknowledge that I'm there because of my own sin. But even there, God is not finished with us. Like there's a in this people in this room, there's a whole prison ministry that exists for guilty people. There's a whole pr- prison ministry that exists across the world for, for guilty people to show that they, they haven't gone too far to be redeemed. They haven't gone beyond Jesus' love. They're still able to come back to the narrow path. But either way, whether we're there as a result of our own sin or whether this is truly you've been told and assured by the Lord that he's testing you and you don't want to be tested be there, and he's testing you. You're in a you're in a desert place. You're in a place of wilderness. And either way, no matter how we're there, like we can become more like Jesus. And we kind of think, oh yeah, but sure, I'll be better for a minute if in a different place. But even in that place, you can become more like Jesus. You can become more like love, more like this God who is love. We read these uh, verses often on wedding days. But maybe this is God's heart for you right now to make you more like this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proudful, prideful. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And maybe the Lord just wants to produce more love in you, to look more like him. And you'd rather a different place, but he can produce love in you. For instance, the last ten is ten years. Me and Becky have been in a wilderness of broken sleep. Like that's that's, that's how we've been our desert place. And Theo's three today, which is great. <laughs> but even like he, we get we're it because Billy was our worst sleeper. Okay, it took him three years to sleep through the night, and Theo's three, and he's going to break his record. That's all I'm going to say. Say okay. And like loads of you, lots of people know this story. Loads of people have prayed for us. Loads of people have prayed for us. Like, we've tried everything. We've read every book. Like, kind of Googled every different things. Um, if I could write a book on how to have four kids and none of them sleep, I would write that. The title of the book would be, You Won't Die. That's, what, that's, what, that's all the only thing I could say, okay? So that would be it. <coughs> and, but still... 10 years of broken sleep, like, it's still bad. (laughs) Even last night, it's still bad. And we'd been angry at God. Do you mean, like, angry at God? Angry at one another, like, kind of losing our temper, like, our language. Like, kind of really, like, angry and just questioning God. And just kind of also, like, just questioning God. Surely, if we slept better surely we'd be better for you like surely we'd be more kind of able to love others maybe we'd be able to just, truly like if this was fixed in our lives like surely everything would be good <laughs> but like we've just kind of battled with that and struggled and um, yeah and it's been difficult but at the end of those 10 years, I can still say, like Psalm 105, 100, verse 5, the Lord is good and his love endures forever. Like, even through all of that, and I still, like I said, I've still got questions that I want to ask him. But even through all that, genuinely, I can say, in our weakness, in our lack of sleep, in our frailty, I can say a heart, Psalm 100, 100 verse 5, the Lord is good and his love endures forever. Amen? <laughs> and like maybe you're here today and you're in a, in a desert place, in a hard place. But you're here today because even if you can't fully say it, like you're here because you know that's been true. And like just 40 days, like that word 40 days, and I just want to, like, kind of like, how long has it been for you? Like, if you're in a desert place right now, how long has it been for you? Like, maybe waiting for a perfect partner, or waiting for the child to come, or waiting for the right job, or waiting to be healed, waiting for the depression to be lifted waiting for a loved one to come to faith in Jesus like 40 days like how long has it been for you how long has it been for you but even no matter the distance like like the question is is he still good is he still good Father, we we pray for everyone right now in this place, in a desert place, Lord. In a place of wilderness. You know us all, Lord. But Lord, even if we're sitting here right now reluctantly or because someone has dragged us along, even though we kind of want to, almost like Job's wife, Lord, curse you and die and deny you. Well, we're here right now. And Lord, may we join with the psalmist, not like say it because it's, we have to say it, but may it be true in our heart. The Lord is good and his love endures forever. Lord, may we cling on to that, even in the wilderness, may that be true for us. In Jesus' name, Lord. Amen, God. Amen. And then the story says that he, he was led in for 40 days and he was tempted by the devil. Some of the Matthew 4 words says, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He was saying, it wasn't just saying, oh, he was led in the wilderness and actually the devil turned up and he was tempting him. He was saying he was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the the devil, and Luke 4, 1 and 2 says, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. He left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And it says, listen, verse 2, if you got Luke 4, verse 2, it says, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. For 40 days. We read of three temptations after 40 days of no food and no drink at the weakest point. But looking at Luke's account, could it have been that actually he was tempted numerous times in those 40 days, day after day after day, and we just get to hear the last three. We just get to hear the last three. Could it have been that he was on his case all the time, tempting him all the time? Because Hebrews 4, verse 15 says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to emphasize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted, did they say in three ways? No, in every way. In every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Yet he did not sin. And there's a few reasons why we, again, uh, find testing and difficult testing And temptation difficult for us to understand uh, in 2024 for instance for us um, we see testing as negative don't we (laughs) a lot of us see testing as negative like we don't like tests like we we try to avoid tests and so testing we see as maybe as a bad thing where society says tempting is enjoyable oh that looks good i'm I'm tempted about that. that that looks good so we have this thing of testing is negative and tempting can be seen as positive. Where then, for the, for the Bible actually, te- positive testing is positive from God, and tempting is bad and from the devil. But our, our society uh, sees the opposite of that. And also, maybe unhelpfully for us, is our understanding of, of tempting and testing. If you look in now in your Bibles, in Mark, and whether it says tempting or testing, there'll be a little maybe number or uh, or something about it. And it'll say this word, and if you look at the bottom, it says this word is also the same as testing. Can you see that in your Bibles? where it says tempting and testing, it says this word is the same word used. And it's the same Greek word. So, So when it gets to the Lord's Prayer, like I said, lead us not into temptation. To me, that reads like, that sounds like, oh, well, if I don't pray, God, lead me into te- don't lead me into temptation, does that mean that God will naturally lead me into temptation? Like, am I supposed to pray because God, God will naturally lead me into temptation, so I'm supposed to ask God, don't lead me into temptation? But then James 1, verse 13 says, When you are tempted to do wrong, do not say, God is tempting me, because God cannot be tempted... He will not tempt anyone. A man is tempted to do wrong when he lets himself be led by his bad thoughts. Uh, by his bad thoughts and telling him what to do. When he does what his bad his bad thoughts tell him he, to do, he sins. So there's conflict there, isn't there? Like there's wrestle there. Like there's like how do we wrestle these things? But for me, simply put, on how my understanding is like God. God tests us and his tests are good. God tests us and his tests are good. John 10, 10 says, Jesus came to give life and life in its fullness. And so if, if God is testing you and God tests us, it's for our good. It's to produce love, to produce patience, to, to draw us closer to him, to go further in him. Like, like I said before, when you have people who you want, when you're driving out there right now, and you come out of the car park, you want to be on, you're going to be on on the road with people who have passed the test, don't you? Like Cathy's just passed the test. If she took a pee off, then we're all in, in danger as well, aren't we? So, so you want to be on the road with people who have ta- passed the test. So test, testing is good, and so God's tests are good, and if He tests us, they're for our good. But the devil tempts us and temptations by the devil are bad. Where it says, John 10, verse 10, it says, Jesus said, I've come to give life and life in its fullness. And in exactly the same verse it says, but the thief has come to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus has come to give life and life in its fullness and God's testing is part of that. But the enemy has come To kill, steal, and destroy. And he uses his temptations on our lives with that. And we know God's testing is good because he did it before sin entered human beings. It was a test before even Adam and Eve ate from the apple. He created everything and he created human beings and it was all good. And then he simply said to them, look, you've got everything, there's just this one tree I don't, don't want you to eat from. Because if you eat from that, like, you're going to die. Like, it's not good. So you're going to have everything else. It's almost like going to Sainsbury's now and just saying, I'll give you all this food, I just don't want you to eat this one grape. Like, you can have everything, all of it, just this one grape. Because this one grape, if you eat it, you're going to die. So he created everything because he loves us, because he cares for us, because he wants to provide for us. And then the grape there is to say, don't do that, because if you do that, that's going to be bad. You're going to die. And you could question is like, oh, well, why put the grape there in the first place? We've all asked that, don't we? Like, well, well, God, why did you put the grape there in the first place? But it's this test of God that he puts right at the start, is how much will these people love me? How much will they love me? How much will they listen to me? Are they going to trust me? Are they going to trust that what I said is good? That actually that I'm trying to protect them. That yeah, I'm not trying to like uh, take something from it. I'm trying to protect them. I'm loving them. But So I've shown my love to them and by them not listening, by them being obedient to me, they show me my love. They show me that they will trust me. That they will Uh, honor me, that they will choose me even against that. Then what did the devil do? He took God's word from testing, and he changed it. He changed God's word, and he changed it to make Adam and Eve desire it, and he tempted them. And he said, oh, look, God's lying. He's lying, because if you eat this one grape, Sainsbury's, if you eat this one grape, actually you'll know everything. You will get to know good and evil. Like it'll be it'll be amazing, it will change everything. Actually, for everything else, it's not worth it if you eat this one grape, like you'll have everything. And so they took it and sin entered the world. And that's why we have this mishmash of testing and tempting, because sin has entered the world. And it hasn't even just entered the world. The devil there and sadly it's entered our hearts as well. All because we didn't trust what God was saying was good, that his testing was good, that he was being loving and kind to us. And Jesus in the wilderness. We look at this and we say, like, well, how could this be good? The Holy Spirit filled him. Truly, just get into your ministry. Like you've been baptized, just go for it. Like, how could this be good? 40 days in a how could this be good? Well, think about it. Jesus was alone for 40 days. That's hard enough, anyway, isn't it? He was in the wilderness. Wilderness is also like a desert place where he was. So, like, this wasn't like a good place to be. There were wild animals around him, like, so this was like dangerous. He didn't eat or, or drink for 40 days. There's a little verse that says he was hungry. I was like, yeah, definitely he was hungry. We Our boys are starving, even if they missed breakfast. Like, he was hungry 40 days. So he was weak. He was isolated. He had no energy. He was lonely. He couldn't have been at a lower point as a human. If you think, I imagine him as being, do you see those shipwreck programs, and the people just left to, like, they're lost, and they're mal, malnutrullished, and gaunt, and just Sin, like, that's, where, well, that's what we're looking at right now. Like, he was at his lowest point in every way as being a human. Add on to that, the most powerful evil force in this world, the de- devil had been tempting him, I would say, for 40 days and nights. So you have all of this, like, the lowest point a human can get, and the most evil force in the world tempting him in every way so how can this be good but well, even with all of that he defeated the devil even with all of that like he made the devil run even with all of that the devil couldn't touch him like even with all of that like that's our saviour that's our saviour even with all of that like, imagine the devil fleeing from that. He's just like that, to like, oh, what are we going to do here? Like, we can't do anything against this guy. Like, he's got to the lowest point, and he still will not deny the Lord. He still will not take some bread. He still will not take the praise of, of this world. Like, oh, what are we going to do? He knew he was in trouble when they couldn't even get him at his weakest point. And it shows us, like, how would this be good? So even when we're in our weakest point right now, if you're in your weakest point you've ever been, just to say Jesus has been lower than that and yet he's still with you. Like, he's been lower than that and he's still with you. And it says, and he was with wild animals. Mark's account uh, doesn't actually go into details about the three temptations, like I said I think he was tempted a lot more but we have three temptations um, that we read of one of them was turning rock to bread one of them was jumping off a cliff for the angels to protect him and one of them was to, the devil took him to a high place and said look you can have everything, you can have all these kingdoms, all this power, you can have everything and one of them was rock to bread and uh Basically, he was hungry, wasn't he? So what did the devil do? He said, "I'll oh, have some food. Like there's a bread, there's a rock. You can make it. We've been singing this morning. We water he turned into wine. We believe that, don't we? So he could easily made, made a, uh, a rock turn into bread. He could have done that. But Jesus is absolutely starving. So the devil offered him what his flesh desired: a quick fix. And just for us to be aware when it comes to temptation, like the enemy knows our weakness. Like he knows our weakness. Whether that's pornography or overeating or money or gambling or even just being lazy. Whatever it is that you struggle with, the enemy knows that. And he'll offer you a quick fix. He'll offer you a quick fix, but the quick fix just feeds your sin. It feeds your dead man. And it makes you feel more numb, more isolated, more distant from God. And he just keeps on doing that. And it's not the answer. And James 5.16, if that's you right now, James 5.16 says, confess your sins with each other and pray for one another so you may be healed. And if you're in a place like that right now, like confession is key. Confession is massive. Like if if you're in a twos or threes, just confessing with it. Sometimes, hold my hands up, and I've, I've met with many people, sometimes people get healed and they go through. Sometimes the confession just helps them not go further. The lack of confession, like, you're in a dangerous place. You can keep going further and further on. So the confession is really important with us. So just to encourage you if you're in a struggling place where you're being tempted, it's just this quick fix. James five sixteen, confess your sins with each other and pray for each other, so you may be healed. But Jesus denied this to the devil, which again helps us know that because we've got the same spirit, we can also deny the devil as well. Then the, the devil took him to a cliff and said, jump off, for the, angel, the angels will protect you. And the devil even quoted Deuteronomy. And so just like the enemy, the first part, just like the enemy knows um, our weakness, also the devil knows scripture. Like, the devil knows the Bible. Uh, just think about it. Why do you think we've got so many Christian cults or religions in the world that believe in Jesus? Like, the enemy knows enough to get included, but enough to take away, in order to take away some, someone's salvation. Like, he knows the word. He knows the Bible, so he knows enough to include but also enough to take away that will affect someone's salvation. And so, with the answer for that, how do we combat that? It's important to read the Bible and look at the Bible together, not just by ourselves or on YouTube, uh, or just listen. At, like it's important for us to read the Bible together, for us to discuss things, for us to say, "I don't get this," or "I don't understand this." Oh, yeah, actually, I believe this. What do you guys think? It's really important for us to do that. And that's why we do these uh, groups. It's not to kind of increase our knowledge. It's to kind of work out how we do these things together. Because the enemy knows Scripture. And he will use it to try and deceive us. And so Jesus used Scripture back at him. And that's what we can do as well in times of temptation, is to use Scripture and to hold on to Scripture and to believe that over what the enemy is saying, and finally, as well, he said, uh, "Kingdoms." Like he took him, he offered him all. He said, "I'm, I'm the God of this world. Like if you bow down to me, I'll give you everything. Like look, look at what you can have. Like all these, all these kingdoms, all this material wealth. Or you can, you can manipulate people. You can have all this. You can. He's like, he's basically saying, don't worry about people." Like, they're only going to kind of abuse you, take from you, spit on you, put you on a cross. Like, that's not worth it. Like, just take this. Like, you can have it. Like, you can have all this glory. And, the, and for us, even if sometimes as we follow Jesus and we've denied ourselves, sometimes we go on to follow Jesus and the temptation would be like, actually yeah but this world is tempting or I've followed Jesus for a while and it hasn't really worked out and so there's still so much more that I haven't tasted that I haven't seen that I could have if I denied Jesus a bit but Jesus stood strong and he said the cross is worth it the cross is worth it like even though, even though I know they're going to get confused even though they, and they're going to come for a free meal sometimes. Even though I'm going to heal them and some of them aren't even going to say thank you. Even though they're going to deny me and run away. Even though they're going to nail me to a cross. Like the cross is worth it. Like I love them so much that the cross is worth it. Even more than all of this, the cross is worth it. And for us, James 4... This is another way of how we resist. It says, but he gives us more grace. That is why the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And that's what happened. The devil ran Shaking in his boots. And then he says, and God will come to you. And he said, the angels attended him. He attended him. And Romans 8, the bandit can like come up now and and, and lead us uh, in this song, Majesty. Romans eight twenty-eight says, and I do you, but this is a verse that I've kind of wrestled with Romans 8:28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. And though sometimes when you're in a desert place or a dry place or a hard place, and someone texts you Romans 8:28, sometimes it can feel really unhelpful, kind of. <laughs> sometimes it's just like you're looking for a quick fix, and like right now. That doesn't really work. When we read, for, for many of us who've been reading the book of Job, um, tragic, crazy stuff happens to him. And what, I love what his friends did for the first seven days. His friends, for the first seven days, just came, sat with him, covered themselves in, in ash and mourning clothes to say, like, we're mourning with you, and they didn't say anything. Sometimes you just need that. No. Sometimes you just need people to sit with you and not have the answer. And just sit with you. And just show them, like, I am love I love you. I'm here for you. I don't know the answer. I don't. And so sort of just, like, them sitting with you. Actually, with, with the book of Job, when they opened their mouth, that's when they started getting into trouble. <laughs> it became like the Jeremy Kyle show then for, like, 37 chapters. But, like, they just wanted to sit with them. But... For people right now, if you're in in a desert place or a dry place, right now you might not appreciate this Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. But for many people here who have been through those places, you look back and you can say amen. Any people here who can say amen to that? Amen, who have been through these things? who've been through tough times, and you didn't know. And some for some things, we won't know. Some things, we won't have the answers on this side of earth. We just won't. And I, sometimes I read this verse and say, is this just talking about eternity? It's definitely not talking about like a Disneyland happily ever after on this earth. That's not what we signed up for. But like we struggle with that. But we know from people who have gone there before us, they can say Amen. And so sometimes we just need people to come and sit with us. To come and sit with us <coughs> and be with us. And so we're going to sing a verse song now, Majesty. And again, it's that conflict of testing and tempting. But it says, Knowing I'm a sinful man or knowing I'm a sinful woman, but then covered by the blood of the Lamb. So I'm knowing I'm a sinful man, but I'm covered by the blood of the Lamb. Yeah, Father, we just pray, Lord, with all these things, with your testing, Lord, we just pray, Lord, we'll just have a new understanding of your testing, Lord, that if we're in a testing situation right now and it's of you, help us believe that it's good. We may not want it or we may think otherwise, but help us believe that it's good, that it's for our good, that you're producing love and character in us. And help us do that, Lord. Lord, in times of temptation, when people, ourselves here now being tempted in different ways. Lord, help us know your word. Help us flee from the enemy. But Lord, help us realize we can't do it by ourselves. Lord, that you created us to be together. So help us, Lord, confess with one another. But Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that even at your weakest point, your weakest point, you did, you did not deny the cross. At your weakest point, you didn't choose bread over us. You didn't choose the angels coming to protect you. You didn't choose everything in this world, which, you, which is rightfully yours. You chose us, and you chose the cross. And we thank you that the enemy has been defeated. That Jesus, you are the saviour, that you said it is finished. And so there will be a day, Lord, where there will be no more suffering, no more pain, no no more temptation. And we will be with you. So until then, Lord, help us be faithful to you. Help us love you and honour you and walk with you. And when we struggle, help us pick ourselves back up by your spirit, and walk to you. In Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. If you're able to, let's stand to the precious Lord.